The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The worst doctor in cinematic movie history, that is, Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. Anthony, what are we talking about this week, buddy? (laughs) Yeah, yep, so we're back with the Human Centipede full sequence. Number 2011. Yeah, um, and you know, we usually try to start off with content warnings. Hard, hard content warning if you didn't already need it. Yeah, yeah. Like, usually our content warnings are, you know, we're going to be talking about a movie that has some sketchy stuff in it. But this movie, I don't... That's the point, right? Yeah, there's like no way we can even talk about it without talking about some really horrific things. So, you know, uh, extra, like extra double content warnings here for, we're going, we're going to some places. So let's go ahead and start this off. Uh, uh, full nudity, uh, genital, uh, assault on multiple levels, <laughs> um, attack the R word, uh, the one that's an action as well as one that describes a person of mm. diminished capabilities, I guess. Um, uh, also, uh, baby death, <laughs> infant baby death. death. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's possibly yeah. twice over. One was alluded to. One was very visible on scene. Uh, right. Gore, gore galore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this can go either way. Um, if you're if this is your fetish, or you know this is something that'll definitely trigger triggered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scatological uh, effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I feel like we've covered all the bases. Pretty much, the, <laughs> if, if this one's only viewed by like five people, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, w- we might kind of gloss over the plot a little more than yeah. usual in this one because yeah. it's just it's it's a rough one. But yeah, if there's anything that you're feeling a little uh, about, you may want to skip this one because yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. a little bit of everything. I um, think I think we uh, unanimously agree this is the most unpleasant. Mm, absolutely yeah hands down like it's it's that kind of movie that like i watched it and like it kind of ruined my day you know like it was like for the next couple hours i was just like man i'm in a weird mood and it was just because i had watched everything that happened in this you know the worst part is though there's a good movie in here somewhere like an actually legitimately good thriller in here. The problem is, is I feel like Tom Six just didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to restrain himself. He's like, you know what? Let's see what shit we can get away with. Since yeah. we got away with so much in the first one. It had yeah, like there is an interesting idea here. It actually it's kind of funny. It it kind of has some parallels to Hotel Transylvania too, in that like it has a good idea. It doesn't necessarily nail the landing on it. Mm-hmm. 
and it also is kind of disjointed in that it's trying to squeeze a lot in so the plot kind of like feels clunky um yeah, yeah like it's not quite as montagey as hotel transylvania <laughs> 2 but yeah. it's but it kind of is in a way like there's just the, mm-hmm. the first two-thirds of the movie are like the same thing over and over again kind of leading to the moment there's, yeah, you're correct. There's a lot of repetitiveness in this movie, which is odd. But I, I feel like if they had stretched it out, probably it's going to sound weird. Another 30 minutes and avoid all the uh, <laughs> assaults on genitals. <laughs> you know, already we're we're pulling ahead as far as uh, like, and even add a like central protagonist slash antagonist to mm-hmm. Martin's journey. Yeah, yeah. Versus yeah. just. Him going through, and it's it's almost like Tom Six is insulting his fans. Well, not insulting him, but calling him out. <laughs> in He's a like, way, yeah, bastards. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, um, the line in um, uh, Jason Lives, where, like, the yeah. the, the gravedigger's like, what kind of people he, are, are into this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, they're into some weird stuff. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's it's a similar thing, but it's definitely a, it's a lot more cruel. It's it's yeah. not as like winking as as Friday the Thirteenth Six for sure. But but oddly enough, there's some uh, actual comedy in this, which is another weird thing. It's just so like um, disjointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I guess let's get into this thing. <laughs> right. Like yeah, so it's black and white, which is you know it has a very different vibe right out of the gate. But it actually like it's it picks up exactly where the last movie left off. Like we're we're back in you know uh, Doctor Hyder's bedroom after uh, you know we see um, Jenny die again and Lindsay alone there crying, mm-hmm. and it's like oh wow I, I didn't you know I, I had no idea what to expect so I was like I guess we're seriously gonna see what happens to Jenny next, but then. Mm-hmm. Credits. Nope. <laughs> it's the end credits of the movie, and we see that we've got a person watching Human Centipede One. Yeah, the the person that we'll know as Marty is um, best described as greasy. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course he's coughing and wheezing, and it's like, oh, maybe that'll pay off. It kind of does, kind of doesn't. But yeah, he's he's in his uh, position as a uh, what is it, garage uh, clerk. I guess. Yeah, it's like or an attendant guard. slash maybe yeah. security guard because he does have a gun. Right. And a crowbar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And boy, does he know how to use both. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like, I like this mm-hmm. kind of meta thing where it's like, okay, so in the world of this movie, the first movie existed, and now we've got a fan of the first movie, uh, which I think yeah. is a really cool idea. Uh, you know, and is of course, what we were alluding to where he's kind of like, Tom Six is, you know, putting this guy as like the surrogate for all the fans of the first movie and then making him incredibly unlikable so it, it does feel like it's kind of a middle finger to his fans in a way right but it's weird though because in his unlikability he does kind of become likable <laughs> yeah. it, like it does the full circle around right mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong you know this guy is a piece of crap and obviously he would not be fun to uh, visit in real life or like interact <laughs> with in real life at all mm-hmm. because there's a better than no chance that you'll end up as part of a human centipede <laughs> but um, just the fact that he takes such glee in his work mm-hmm. and, and we also see that like his life is really rough we'll no it's terrible that. it's the worst and so there I mean, you spend that much time with him and you see how awful his life is and you know it's hard not to feel some amount of sympathy for him Mm -hmm. um you know despite all the terrible things that he does 
Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, like he is that that sort of like passionate obsession with a, a specific topic. You know, I mean, could definitely relate to that. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to be you making a Frankenstein monster. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're going to try to find healthy ways to to look at our. Uh, our obsessions instead of <laughs> this this method here. Good grief! Is is there a human centipede podcast, Anthony? Is there? Oh, We've got to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we're gonna start off, and uh, after uh, Martin finishes watching the first movie, effectively, uh, we then see a guy and a girl getting in a fight in in the parking lot mm-hmm. or parking garage. Yeah, so he's, you know, of course he's got like a monitor there where he can watch the security cameras, and this kind of becomes the, th- the through line for a good chunk of the movie. He sees some people, uh, in this case, yeah, it's this couple arguing. He grabs a crowbar and goes and finds them, and then immediately just shoots them. No warning, no dialogue, which that's a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Martin doesn't speak for the whole movie. At all. Like, he and- laughs and giggles, and that's it. Yeah, and people say things about, like, you told me this. So, like, he is mm-hmm. capable of speech, but he just doesn't when we're watching him. So it's kind of, right. it's definitely, like, a choice to, like, not have him verbalize what he's doing. So we just have to, have to sit with his thoughts in a way, you know? Like, if he talks, it... I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think it makes it a little worse. Like, if he was talking, yeah. you'd be like, oh, okay, I get where this guy's coming from. But instead, we have to visualize and figure out what he's thinking. And right. so Which, just... that, that, that's so much better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just puts us in his head more, which is not a good place to be. No, no, it's very, <laughs> very toxic. But, I mean, and also, Martin's very tactical about his shots, right? So he shoots the guy in the foot, mm-hmm. and he kneecaps the girl, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Which, I feel like, you know, equal opportunity, you should kneecap them both, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so dark, I'm sorry. Uh, but, of course, Martin's weapon of choice is then the crowbar, which he then follows up and brains both people. So, Anthony, have you have you wielded a crowbar before? <laughs> Not as an attack weapon, but no, I've right, right. used one in real life. Uh, They're pretty heavy, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like there's a very slim margin of error between knocking someone unconscious and just outright murdering these people. Yeah, that's... So I know that, like, I guess one of, like, the taglines for the first movie was 100% medically accurate. And then one of the the taglines for this one was 100% medically inaccurate. Accurate. um, Which, yeah, because, like... He, not like he yeah he hits everybody with a crowbar in in such a way that like yeah i think a lot of these people would be dead or at least like vegetables they would not be you know waking up they would not be able to participate and then not only that but occasionally later like people will wake up and he will hit them again to not and it's just like no he like there's no way that all these people would survive as long as they do that does kind of lead into one of the funnier scenes in the movie but we're gonna get <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there i don't want to yeah. spoil the surprise <laughs> Yeah, and then also the the uh, the bullet wounds. I feel like would take out a few people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the headshots that we see, uh, they do their job mm-hmm. as they should. But it's like once you once you get shot in the chest, there's not much coming back from that. True. Yeah. So yeah, once he gets them both unconscious, he binds them with duct tape. And then pulls up his work van and throws them both in the back. And there's already another guy in there. So right, <laughs> this is He's busy. This is, yeah, this is an ongoing project for sure. Right. Also, where's his boss? 
I feel like somebody should be watching him and be like, hey, man, I just saw you uh, take out a couple people. Maybe maybe that was the guy. Maybe his boss was the first one. Yeah, it's that is another thing. Like, you know, in the, the first movie, like, Hyder had the cops him. on him quick, you know. In this, like, Martin gets away with so much shit that it's like somebody would have got, like, figured out, like, gotten on to what he was doing. Uh, yeah, this movie takes place over at least three days, if not more. Yeah. And I feel like after day one, he would already have the cops on him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So then, yeah, once he just throws them in the van, he go just goes right back to work, sits down in his office, rewinds the movie, starts it over again, and right. then And then Loveling strokes his, scra- his scrapbook of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he has this elaborate scrapbook with, like, pictures of the actors and drawings and all kind of, like, yeah, this is, like, his one passion in life. And in his uh, gel pen, he's written 100% medically accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he sees that there is a guy angry about a vending machine. He sees on the monitor, I, I think it took his money or whatever. And the guy, like, turns and, like, yells at the camera, like, what the fuck's wrong with this machine? Right, uh, we can't really see, we can't really hear it, but we definitely see it on his, his yeah. like, reading his lips. It's clearly, fuck this machine. <laughs> yeah. Then we just cut to, like, later Martin driving. So we don't see what happens there, but based on the trajectory of this, and, you know, clearly that guy also got got. (laughs) He's in the van, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we uh, cut to uh, a gentleman showing Martin around a uh, building. You know, lights flicker a couple times, and he's like, hey, just sign the fucking lease, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, it's like this sort of industrial warehouse space, and he's like, I've got several people interested and they're willing to pay cash, so mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't want to fuck around. Like, if you want this place, you got to tell me now. Martin decides he does want it. He wants it enough just to shoot the guy and kill him. Mm-hmm. And he does. Yeah, this is a guy that he does not not use for his plan. Like he like guts him. Like it's like you are not centipede worthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gets like disemboweled instead. But mm-hmm. uh, and then he just goes outside, takes down the for rent sign off the building. Right. Uh, and yep. So now he's got his uh, workspace. Another question, where's the rest of the office managers that are like, our, uh, our guy didn't report back, even if that was like the president or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would have people under him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there'd be like showing, you know, showing this location at this time. They would go yeah. there. And yeah, I mean, like, you know. plans are ruined. already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so then it just cuts to like a little later and Martin's got all of his captives uh, unloaded in the warehouse space. You know, some of them are awake and they're kind of like screaming and whimpering through, you know, duct tape mouths. As you would be. Yeah. And he just starts with the first girl we saw uh, that was arguing with her boyfriend. He starts cutting her clothes off. Yep. Because you and, got to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to do the human centipede thing, everybody's got to be naked. And uh, of course... The, the boyfriend is, like, panicking at this because, you know, I, I mean, they're both, everybody's panicking, but I think yeah. he's, like, trying to get to his girlfriend to help her, and he can't. Right. And then we, we finally start to get a little bit of, like, what is Martin's deal? Uh, we cut to him, like, at home in bed later. There's this weird, you hear this dialogue, like, at first you're like, what the fuck is this? But it seems like it's it's him remembering something or auditorily hallucinating something that happened in his past. Yeah, initially I it was like, oh, is this happening, like, above him mm-hmm. in another thing? And that would have been terrible enough. Yeah. But no, we're going to find out this this happened to Martin. Yeah. This probably set everything up for Martin. Yeah. I don't think we need to, to talk about it, but it's a essay from Martin's father. Yeah. 
and that's yeah. uh, going to cause a lot of problems uh, here in a moment. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he's in bed and his mom comes into the room and she's really just kind of like hateful and cruel to him. Um, right. She tells him that the doctor is going to be here soon and that he needs to get up and get ready. Right. Well, apparently, well, she also calls him out on defecating himself. already. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's an ongoing issue because, you know, gratuity. Mm-hmm. We can't just let it be. We can't yeah. just let him just have issues. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. I was trying to describe uh, this movie without like giving plot points away to to someone, and I was like, it feels like in in every scene they had like a committee that was like, what's the worst thing worst that thing? can happen right now, and whatever that they come up with, that's where the movie goes next. And yeah, it's just like, I, of course, of course, he's gonna have shit the bed too. Like it's just because we got to have more gross stuff if we can. Yeah, it's almost like a John. It's like a, a dark John Waters movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but we do get a brief cut. Now, is this a younger Martin, or is this Martin's father with three dogs to reference the first movie? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sh- I'm not sure if that, yeah, if it was supposed to be him or his dad. But, yeah, so he, like, gets out of bed and, you know, again, flips through his scrapbook that he keeps hidden under his mattress, like, mm-hmm. you know, like a teenager with, like, porno mags. And you get a headshot of one of the actresses from the first one. I believe her name is Ashlyn. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and, you know, then he hears his mom coming in, so he tucks it back under the, the mattress real quick and goes out to the living room where he has a pet centipede, an actual insect centipede, uh, in a little, like, terrarium. And what does he? Is it a mouse that he feeds it at first? I, like, That's a really it, small mouse. It's, it's, it's a bug. Yeah, it seemed like either. Yeah, it was like. It seemed a little big to be a bug, but yeah, it could have been, I don't know, some kind of strange bug. But yeah, either way, like he, he uses like um, long kind of like surgical tweezers and picks up something and drops it in the uh, terrarium and the centipede, you know, like coils around it and kills it real quick. And, you know, you can like see like the glee that he's just like excited about watching this centipede kill something. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, that's kind of a uh, statement for him. Right. That's why he's so drawn to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves he loves the centipedes. And so then, he, him and his mom sit down. Um, the doctor's already there. Um, remember if I got his name or not. So Martin sits down next to the doctor, and his mom's like sitting facing them. And oh, Doctor Sebring, is that who you're? Sebring, to? okay. Yeah. And the mom is like, Martin keeps talking about a centipede with twelve people. What does that mean? So again, you know, she's saying Martin talks. We like he does talk. Mm-hmm. We're just not going to see it. Right. And also, this doctor has uh, clearly not uh, been involved in like pop culture because <laughs> he's like, well, you know, it's it the centipede's kind of a phallic and combative, you know, creature. Mm-hmm. So you know. It has something to do with his will, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, like an aggressive phallic symbol like that probably, you know, has something to do with like the abuse he received from his father. Right. Uh, so there you go. We got it. That that was, you know, that if you had any doubts, that was him reliving that fucking trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, the, like, right there in front of the doctor, the mom says, I really miss my husband, and it's all Martin's, Martin's fault, fault. He's, he had to go to jail. Jeez. You're right. Victim-blaming galore, right? Yeah. So clearly this is a healthy family. And then the doctor puts his hand on Martin's thigh, so yeah. the doctor is also terrible. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to get worse, though. But, mm. of course, because the doctor is not a great doctor, he immediately just volunteers. Hey, you know, some people that have been through his, uh, his trauma, they like to mutilate their own sexual organs. I don't know that that one. I don't think that's true. Why are you telling his own mother that? <laughs> Why does she need that? Yeah, like that's something. If he's concerned about that, he he should be talking to Martin about it. And uh, you know, not that he's the most. You know, if he's putting his hand on Martin's leg like yeah. that, he's not a trustworthy source anyway. No, he um, has failed as a doctor. Get him he, out of here. Yeah, and pretty much right after that, he's like, "All right, our time's up. I gotta go." So he leaves. Literally says this is just a passing phase great awesome doc good job buddy <laughs> oh yeah it's the yep. worst and then we just cut to martin and his mom sitting down for breakfast and, and if she's... you didn't think this was in the uk they're eating toast and beans <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and she's like you know i've decided to kill us both right just casually <laughs> as you could be by the way i don't know if we discussed the suicide thing but i mean it's referenced and mm-hmm. it's in here yeah. I feel like with everything else, why do we need to add to it? Yeah. Just assume I, it's in here. <laughs> but also, there's an upstairs neighbor that's clearly playing, like, dubstep, because it's mm-hmm. 2011. Yeah, and it's just, like, super loud, aggressive music, and the mom, you know, gets a broom and bangs on the ceiling like you do, and then, like, seconds later, there's a knock at the door, and... Literally, did this guy jump down the stairs to get there that quickly? <laughs> yeah. And the mom just, like, goes and answers the door like it's nothing. Well, and she's also like, oh, yeah, he doesn't like it when you play your music, so she's blaming it on Martin. Yeah, immediately throws him under the bus, and the neighbor's just, like, standing there. And this guy, you know, he's shirtless. He's, like, covered in tattoos. He's just, like, a big, scary, intimidating dude. Uh, Of course, he busts out the R word to Martin's face when he tries to get him to talk to him. And then mom busts out, yeah, you should kill both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So awful. Uh, um, And... Yeah, so pretty much the mom like when when like the neighbor just kind of laughs at that the mom just kind of like pushes all the blame on martin and then the neighbor just beats the shit out of martin and well, leaves he does a table flip like a table flip <laughs> smacking the mom in the face with the table basically <laughs> and then yeah he just goes to town on martin mm-hmm. the very next scene is martin peeing what lo- it's black and white but it looks like he's probably pissing blood from the yeah. uh, the the beat down if it's not blood that man needs to hydrate better <laughs> yeah uh and then from there he's back at work watching, watching the movie the again um and but now, this time he's taking notes and drawing sketches yeah you know the scene where Hyder shows his whole plan martin is like recreating all those diagrams uh, and then he gets distracted because he sees a couple with a baby on the monitor going to their car. So, so what he, does he do? Grabs yeah, his he, gun and bullets. Yep. So he heads out, and they've already gotten in the car, and they're starting to drive away. So he just starts shooting at the car, which then, like... Well, yeah. He pulls out, like, a dirty Harry, and, like, he's hiding behind a pillar in, <laughs> of the garage. And, like, as soon as they pull the corner, he just jumps out and starts unloading. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he's hit, he's hit the father in the head. Mm-hmm. So, he's out. (laughs) If he's not out, he should be. And then, of course, he terrorizes the mother and the child. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the dad ends up, like, he opens the door, hits the dad with the crowbar to just fully take care of him. Meanwhile, the mom's, like, kind of gotten out and is trying to crawl away, and he hits her several times and picks up the baby and puts 
her back in the car and just closes the doors, just leaves the baby in the car. And Which, thank God, right? Yeah. We wish we could say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also see, so as he's throwing the couple in the van, we see that not only, so this is a mom with a newborn or with a young baby. She's also pregnant. So yeah. uh, got another baby on the way. Yay. <laughs> So that he just leaves that car again, you know, how no one sees what's going on and, and calls the authorities. He just leaves that car just kind of like half crashed in the middle of the parking garage with a crying baby inside. Right. And what kind of shitty people just like, ah, well, there's this baby inside this car. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, let's talk about Martin. Apparently, he's decided he's done a job very well done. Uh, so what does he do? He's decided it's time to crank one out. And... Turns out the what doctor is, was right about <laughs> Martin's proclivities in this case. Well, you see, Anthony, he had um, he had a lot of splitters down in his groin area, so he decided to take some some sandpaper and smooth it out a bit. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, and this, again, you know, as far as nudity goes, like you're gonna you're seeing a lot here, but it's it's you're Martin. Gonna see some penis. Yep, Martin with some sandpaper going to town. Um, and whenever he brings that thing out, it's the worst. <laughs> it's yeah, the worst at all. Never, never good things coming from that. Um, no, and of course, we then have two uh, drunk ladies that have come that are leaving for a club or going to a club, and uh, one sees Martin, you know, doing what he's doing. Yeah, they're yeah they're like I think they're kind of trying to find their car. They're a little too drunk, mm -hmm. but the one's like, hey, there's a there's a I think she uses some kind of derogatory slur. For a short um, person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's like, there's, a, you know, somebody in there uh, masturbating. And the other friend's like, what? And she's like, yeah, come here. You can see in the window. And then... Cut, <laughs> cut yeah. to them in the van. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, which, like, I think that tells you a lot. You know, like, any kind of, like, horror movie, the kill scenes are, like, a big part of like the selling point for a movie you know like mm -hmm. that that's kind of what the, the bread and butter for a horror movie and this movie is so gruesome and so graphic and has so much going on that it can just gloss over like a kill scene type scene because it doesn't even need it like it's it's just we got to save some time we got to get to the really graphic stuff we uh -huh. don't need to see him shoot and beat more people with crowbars we, we've got yeah. that part figured out by the way if you got here and just heard that <laughs> and know that it's gonna get worse mm-hmm Mm, yeah, much, much worse. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so then the next thing we see is those two girls added to the collection at the warehouse. All of the captives are now nude and bound and gagged with duct tape, and they're kind of arranged in a line. They're just kind of laying on the floor, but like he's starting to visualize his centipede. Right, he's positioning them. Mm -hmm. Of course, and, the, and once again, the lights in the building flicker. But this time, Martin gets a call. Hey, it's that Jenny girl, uh, or, yeah, it's Jenny, uh, whereas Ashlyn couldn't make it, or didn't want to make it, Jenny could, and she's excited to be part of this Tarantino film. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like, he gets calls, uh, I think, three times over the course of the movie, and it, like, rings twice, and then instantly is a voicemail, like, um, and of course, he's not going to answer the phone, because he can't talk when when we're watching him, but, yeah, so he's, one of the uh, people captive, like, hears this voicemail, and, like, gets his gag off, and is like, don't do this, Human Centipede is just a film, so, like, right. they Where's heard the voicemail, and they're kind of figuring out what he's got in mind. Yeah. And then we just cut to back at Martin's house. 
his mom comes into his bedroom and just starts stabbing through the blanket of the bed. I think, I think she thinks Martin is in the bed, but he comes just strolling in and sees her doing this. It's and a very tense scene. Yeah, and then, but then he just crawls into bed. Like, he doesn't try to get the knife away from her or, like, any. He, he just gets into bed and is, you know, he just, like, you know, lays down on top of the blanket in his underwear. Right. Uh, kind of asserting dominance to a degree, right? Yeah. And she's just standing there. Uh, and so, but then instead of hurting him, she just cuts her wrist with the knife and then sees his scrapbook sticking out from under the mattress and pulls it out and so she cuts her like she cuts her wrist the like the way that doesn't bleed is bad like um, right. so she's she's bleeding but she's like not necessarily in danger of like bleeding out here um, yeah i don't know if we need to talk about across the bridge or down the river so maybe skip that part uh um, but yeah so she ends up she finds his scrapbook and is like what is this disgusting you know you're you're horrible and she starts like tearing it up which oh is, yeah that's that's the worst thing you could do yeah so martin starts crying this is finally like where you see some sort of like emotion out of him Mm. um and you know she just leaves and he just sits there crying and kind of tries to like assemble the torn up pieces back together of course he he gets the uh the picture of dieter uh as with the the glasses on staring head on to the camera Mm -hmm. and he hugs that close to his chest And then to get some comfort, he goes out to his centipede tank to look at it, look at his pet. And then his mom comes running in there and starts yelling at him. So she gets a face full of centipede for that. <laughs> yeah, he just shoves her head down in the tank and it like springs up and bites her on the face. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she falls to the floor. The centipede falls off and kind of crawls away. And then Martin beats her to death with yeah. the crowbar. And you know how you know it's to death? Well, before we see the effects, the head's extra spongy. Mm-hmm. As he just whap, whap, whap. Yeah, yeah. This is way beyond what he's done yeah. to his captives. Like, literally the next scene, if you didn't know she was dead, she's yeah. sitting up at the breakfast table. He's placed her there, and you can see through her head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to go too much more depth uh, beyond that. Yeah. But then, so now that Martin has, uh, I get it. Can we say that he snapped, or has he been snapped the whole thing, the whole movie? So far? <laughs> I mean, this definitely, like, this definitely feels like the point where he has like gone into like berserker mode. Like, right. th- there's a, um, I, I, that's, I, I think that's a term that gets kind of used a lot with like serial killers like a lot of times they will be kind of like slow and methodical for years and they'll just you know they'll kill one person then wait a year or two and then you know but eventually they will hit this point where it's like i'm gonna kill like six people over the course of three days uh you know and and that's usually when they end up getting caught um but but it feels like yeah the the attack from his mom was kind of like the breaking point where he is now like all in uh you know all gas no breaks from here on Pretty much. And he's decided, hey, that dude's playing his music upstairs. Let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> he takes a broom, bangs it on the ceiling, and like 0.5 seconds, the dude is there again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, bursts in, uh, and Martin has kind of hidden himself behind the door as it swings open. So the neighbor just strolls into the kitchen, sees the dead mom at the table, and is like, what the fuck? And then Martin yeah. just shoots at him from behind. 
yeah, kneecaps him, and then he's like, well, you're already on the floor. I might as well introduce you to my crowbar. Thump. Yep. So then we just get Martin packing. So, like, again, I think kind of just breaking from his, like, regular life. He takes a suitcase and fills it with knives, duct tape, a staple gun. (laughs) You mean medical equipment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, literally, like, if it, this is, has a lot of symbolism to me. Because, like, he's packing stuff that a butcher would use. Like, mm-hmm. you got the meat cleaver, you got the steak knife. Um, what else is there uh, other than the, the funnel? Um, which, that gets a lot of use. Oh, uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, what else? I, I think feel there's like, like two staple guns. There's oh, a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Some rolls of duct tape. Uh, yeah. It's it's like the kill bag. You know. It's it's yeah. yeah. Just terrible stuff. So next we just see Martin back at work, and he's Does watching. Does he crap himself here? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I put the oh, same God. thing. Like I think that's what happens. I put a question mark. Uh, yeah. Like he's watching the scene in Human Centipede where, uh, you know, the shit scene, and it yeah. seems like he gets excited and does joins yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While that's happening, he looks over and sees that on the monitor there's a couple having sex in a car. And yeah. This this is him. probably one of the grossest scenes of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. This movie verbally. just, it keeps escalating, so, like, if at any point something seems like this, I, I, I need to step out, yeah. this isn't, like, fast forward 30 seconds and you're good, this is, like, wherever yeah. you hit your breaking point, just dip out and just don't, cut, like, because uh, it's just going to keep getting worse from here. It really is. So we <laughs> yeah. get, uh, we find out that, I don't think we need to discuss the dialogue, right? Like, yeah. that's a little too much. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it turns out that there's a gentleman who has hired a later lady of the evening to service both him and Dr. Sebring from earlier. Um, yeah. Dr. Sebring is enjoying the servicing. However, he does wish it was Martin that was, he was, that was servicing him. Yeah. That's awful. Yep. Martin, or, I mean, yeah. Dr. Sebring just says that to his friend and to the sex worker. Uh, well, you know, of course yeah. he also uses the slur, not the, not mm-hmm. his actual name. Yeah. Um, so, yep, it's it's just real, real terrible. Oh, um, yeah. And, of course, the uh, his friend suggests that they go to a certain location uh, to do that sort of thing. A certain yeah. country to do that sort of thing. Yeah, he's like, I know where you, where, where you can get whatever you need. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is fun. That's mm-hmm. fun. And uh, then Martin just appears standing next to the car and just shoots the guy in the front seat. That's the chest shot. And then the uh, the sex worker gets out and starts running. He fires at her a couple times, but she manages to get around the corner. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to her shortly. Right, uh, yeah. You think? I thought he missed. Uh, it turns out he may have not missed with one. Mm-hmm, yeah. So then the guy in the front seat gets out and... Uh, gets brained. Yeah, he gets hit with the crowbar. And then Dr. Sebring gets out and is like... He tries, you know, he tries to talk himself out of this. Yeah, he's like, hey, Martin, it's... You know, yeah, he's... he's uh, but, nope, Martin is... It, well, justifiably. he says the worst thing. He says the worst possible thing he could have said. <laughs> he says, imagine what your dad could have, and then pow! <laughs> Right. It's like, mm. and yeah. and yeah, Martin's not interested in using him for the the centipede, so he gets a double tap to the yep. dick and to the brain. <laughs> Which you know, fair man, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, this one I, I can't fault Martin on this one. <laughs> no, you're totally justified. Yeah. 
Uh, is Dr. Sebring actually... I guess Dr. Sebring is actually worse than Martin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like if Dr. Sebring had been a good doctor, Martin might not be where he is, you know? Correct, but he's also a shit doctor and a shit person. mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, So then, you know, now that he's taking care of those two guys, he heads in the direction that the the sex worker ran, um, Mm -hmm. and he actually passes the car from the couple earlier. The baby's still in the car, and he just walks right past it. Like He waves. He waves at the kid. (laughs) But, like, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how much time has passed, but with a baby, there's, like, I can't imagine that baby would still be alive. Like, no. Uh, whether from no food or heat or cold, whatever the the weather is, something would have like yeah. yeah. I don't think that baby would still be alive in that car. No, it definitely um, dehydration probably would have unfortunately done the job. Yeah, um, and yeah, so he goes around the corner, and there is our sex worker. She's bleeding out on the stairs. Um, and you know, Martin starts to kind of approach her and she again kind of tries to like talk her way out of it. Uh, but she, she looks like she's succeeding until she busts out the pepper spray, mm-hmm. yeah. which is good for you, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. She's trying. Uh, so she, yeah, she maces him, but, uh, then it just cuts. So like, you know, we don't know what happened to her, but we'll, we'll, we'll see her again later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Martin later gets another voicemail from the manager um and it's it ends up that ashlyn yenny who played jenny in uh mm-hmm. the first movie is going to be landing soon and needs to be picked up and she's really excited about you know getting to try out for this tarantino, tarantino film you love it yeah so when he does pick her pick her up she's she's kind of nervous but she's nervously talking and because you know it's a movie she's a stereotypical I guess what Tom Six considers like a stereotypical star, mm-hmm. even though, you know, not to insult Miss Yeni, but I wouldn't necessarily call her a star right now. Maybe in the yeah. future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely like, it's one of those like as themselves kind of roles where she's kind mm-hmm. of playing like a heightened sort of self mocking version of herself. Right. Martin gets so excited about what she's telling him that he goes into this like long coughing fit and she's like super grossed out by it. Well, she literally says, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a germaphobe. And then he cues the hacking and wheezing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, that's funny. That's actually yeah. funny. Yeah. And, and then they get to the warehouse and she assumes this is where she's going for her audition. Right. But he, she sees the car and she's like, Oh, that must be Quentin's car. <laughs> right. And he leads her inside and then knocks her out with the crowbar. Well, she she sees everybody. She's like, oh, shit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, bam. Yep. yep. And then we just cut to her getting her clothes all cut off while all the other captives are whimpering and crying. As you should. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Martin managed to recapture his pet centipede uh, after killing his mom. Uh, and it's now in a terrarium there at the warehouse. So he's pretty much completely moved his operation to the warehouse. He feeds the centipede, then just kind of like looks, you know, looks over his collection of captives and opens up his bag of tools. Yeah, in his doctor's coat, by the way, nothing else except for some tidy whities Yeah. Most of the people are now, they're awake and kind of like, you know, in pain and fear, whimpering and stuff. And so he just goes around and knocks okay, them all this, back. <laughs> this is funny, though. This is legitimately laugh out loud, like dark humor. Mm-hmm. 
because he does walk around to each and every one of them one by one and just dink, 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 <laughs> like he's just turning out the lights on yeah. each of them. Yeah, so like he does not, you know, I mean, you could buy some kind of sedative, some kind of ether or whatever and, and nope. not... he ain't got time for that. Yeah, not cause all this brain trauma, but nope, he's just, yep, got his crowbar, that's all he needs. Yep. Uh, and so, yep, from here, we're obviously getting into him making the centipede, and, and it's going to... Some of, like, if you're into, like, gore effects, some of this is actually really impressive. Like, uh, see, you know, it's it's unpleasant as hell, but, like, it's like... Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, well, this, is, this okay. looks real in ways that you don't usually see. I'm not going to talk about too much, but when he's bashing out the shitty dude neighbor from earlier's teeth mm-hmm. oh my god each and every tink 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 was like oh no mm-hmm. stop this yeah yeah the teeth part's bad and then he does the uh the kneecap surgery that that mm-hmm. uh Hyder did but like you s- see all of that too like he cuts the knee pulls the tendon snips the tendon with scissors and like it looks very very real like it's yeah. Uh, it, it, like I was like you know holding my knees while I was watching it like it's just right? yeah, it, it's very visceral Ugh. well also during the whole process he accidentally kills the pregnant lady from earlier yeah like it's he kind of earlier there was a point where he like put his ear up to her belly and listened to the the heartbeat uh, and this time when he goes over to her uh, she he can't hear anything so he drags her to a corner throws a tarp over her yeah. And, but, well, she's, of course, there with the uh, the, the building owner, right? That, <laughs> yeah. That's just his general disposal area. Yeah. Um, and then when he tries to do the, like, butt incisions that Hyder did to, like, really attach the people. Yeah, he uh, kills he, another guy that way somehow. Yeah, I think he, like, cuts too deep and, like, the guy just kind of bleeds out. Yeah. Um, and so... So he drags him over into the corner and then decides, instead of doing that whole surgery... Well, he visibly cries over the guy, too, which is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. he actually, in a weird, sick way, cares about each segment of his uh, centipede. Yeah, it's like he's... It, it's basically like a, a kid that has just broken a toy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's it's they broke the toy because they weren't treating it well, but as soon as it's broken, they start crying because they don't want it to be broken. Exactly, exactly. But as you said, he decides to use the staple gun for Astamouth instead of uh, doing the surgery method. Yeah, so he just, like, staples the people's lips. Like, that's that's it. Like, they're, it's a much simpler procedure, but, like, obviously less effective. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't classy. We're just going for them staples. But, of course, after he's done, he's really proud with his work. Mm-hmm. He's so proud he does his little happy dance. <laughs> yeah. As the centipede walks around him, which is, that's wild. Yeah. And so, you know, he wanted the the 12-person centipede, but he lost two, so he's got a 10-person centipede. Hey, Uh, that's better than a three-person centipede. Yeah. And so he pulls out a little, like, hand mirror, you know, again, similar to the last movie. You got to show your monster the the mirror. So he kind of, like, goes down the line and shows all of them themselves, and they're crying and whimpering. Yeah. Of course, the most important person, the, the, the front person in the centipede is Ashlyn Yenny. Well, um, hey, at least she got the upgrade from the middle, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but he, you know, it's time to, to do the feeding, so he pours a, a can of chili into a dog food bowl. Um, what was the chili? I thought it was actually dog food. 
Yeah, I, I hope it was chilly, but yeah, either we'll way. We'll go with chilly. We'll go with chilly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Miss Yenny uh, Ashlyn, uh, she, uh, she's too good for that shit. So she mm-hmm. just takes the dog bowl and chucks it. Yeah. Good for uh, her. And yeah, that obviously angers Martin. And so he yeah. gets out the funnel you mentioned earlier and yeah. forces it down Either. his throat. Yeah, it does, like, tube feeding, basically, with some soup. Some kind of, like, cream of chicken soup or something. Yeah, it ain't great. But then uh, he gets more news. It turns out that uh, Miss Yenny's co-stars from the first human centipede, uh, the first, the centipede co-stars, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, hey, they've decided they now want to take part in Mr. Tarantino's audition. Yeah, so he's, he's all excited about that. But the centipede is... All, you know, everyone's just like screaming in agony right. throughout all this, and it's starting to kind of like overwhelm Martin. Like it's, you know, which again is similar to the last movie. You had that moment where Hyder was like, "I should have cut out your vocal cords. Shut up, you're, you right. know, I need some some rest." Martin um, does decide to take it one step closer with his pliers, mm-hmm. and and removes Ashlyn's tongue, which yeah. is really, yeah, again, very very graphic, very brutal. Then we get uh, another really difficult scene. Can we describe it only as the shit scene? Yeah, yeah. It, so we get that. In, but, like, the the funny or, like, the sort of humor part of it is that, like, Martin really wants that scene. Like, you he know, really he, wants it. He got really excited when he watched the movie earlier. And, and you know, like, it, it's a part that interests him in some way. So he's, like, trying to get them to, to do it. And he's, like, he's expressing walking. their stomachs. Yeah, he's like trying to, pro- yeah, probing at their bellies. He's just like making like fart sounds with his mouth to try to encourage them. To, right. Uh, yeah, it's. And so you know what he wants without him saying it. Mm-hmm. Well, he decides that this method is not working for him. Uh, so instead of giving them just laxatives, I mean, I guess he can't give each person a laxative. He decides he's going to inject everyone with laxatives. Mm-hmm. And I think. That- would that be quicker with that? So the, that was, I noticed, so like the, the bottle that he had sitting there said like for oral use only. Uh, and like he filled up the syringe and I was like, would that work if you just injected it into the blood? But then as I was, it's hard to see what he's doing, but I think he's injecting jamming the noodle, needle through their cheeks and injecting oh. it into their mouths so that they have okay. to swallow it. I think. Uh, I'm not. Poly- it's. I mean, either way, you know. He. Yeah. He's Whatever inject- he's doing, it works. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah. So this is the scene. Everybody gets violently ill. It's very cartoonish. There's. It's so cartoonish. But Martin is fucking loving it. Like, yeah. This is what he came for. Yeah. And then, like there's all, like the, the sounds are really loud. Also. So this movie's all in black and white, but there there's some coloration in this scene, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I I, th- I was like, am I are my eyes deceiving me? But yeah, there's a you know how they like in Schindler's List where they make the girl with the red dress. Well, in Just, this case, it's brown. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some some brown in this scene, and it's <laughs> uh, it's so stupid. It's and it so hits great. the camera, which <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's like why why did we have to go that far? Yep, it's it's just but yeah like he said martin is loving it until um he, the smell hits him yeah and then he ends up having to throw up because it's just yeah it's too Gee, much it's like if 10 people just sh- shit all at once <laughs> right 
Um, and then that somehow excites Martin even more. And this yeah. is probably the most unpleasant thing in the whole movie. Um, yeah. uh, barbed wire. He wraps barbed wire around his junk and goes to town on the back end of the centipede. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way we can say that. Yeah, and it's it's the girl from the first scene. So, like, I, it seems like he had a thing for her from the beginning. And so, yeah, um, it's just, yeah, it's very, very difficult to watch. It, yeah. yeah, like, hands down the most unpleasant thing I ha- have watched for this show and possibly outside of this show. It's 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 up I, there. It, it's, it's pretty close to my number one if I hadn't seen Human Centipede, the, the final sequence. Oh, boy, that, that makes me uh, look uh-huh. forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hey, guess what? We do have some good news, Anthony. It turns out that the pregnant woman from earlier is fine. She just gets up and, like, starts bolting. Of course, her water breaks uh, Mm mid-run. But after Martin has done what he's done, he's too tired to continue. He's in his uh, refractory period, I guess. Yeah, so she manages to get outside to... The car, which that car is the the guy who showed Martin the place, right? That's where yeah. that car came mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And she gets she gets in. It's like the doors are miraculously not locked. The keys are in the car, and somehow it wasn't stolen. Um, right. And she, she does try it a couple times. Yeah, and it won't start. Uh, she, but you know, of course, she she locks the doors as soon as she gets in. Um, and then Martin manages to catch up to her and is like banging on the glass. And Another then she, tense scene. Yeah, it's it's really intense because you know it's you, you know you've seen scenes like this where like the car won't start at the most important moment and it just ratchets up the tension. Um, yeah, but she she has the baby on the floorboard, and uh, like I don't want to push this on, uh, push this too much further. She does get the car started and then she puts mm-hmm. the pedal to the baby's head. We're just going to end it there. Yeah, yeah, and so she screeches away and manages to escape Barton. Martin um, alone in the rain in his tidy whiteies and mm-hmm. lab coat. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of life she's going to have after this because it's, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of brutality she's had to deal with. And, yeah. you know, uh, possibly losing two children. Mm, yeah. Um, and so then Martin comes back inside and sees that the centipede has torn itself in half. Right, the, uh, the dubstep guy specifically has ripped himself free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now we've got five and five, uh, and they're both trying to crawl away, but, you know, we've seen that even a three-person centipede is not, you know, very dexterous, no. so two five-person centipedes are, are not going to get far. Right. Uh, well, at this point, Martin's realized his toy is officially broken. Mm-hmm. So he just starts, like, execution-style... Uh, shooting each part of the centipede in the head. But then we also have Ashlyn making her way over to the light switch. So she's going to try and fight back some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she manages to get the get the lights off. And then Martin gets to the lights, flips the switch back on, turns, and there's Ashlyn holding the centipede terrarium, and she throws it at Martin. Okay, this is also funny in that, like, as he's kind of like they, they do have a little bit of a stare down at this point right mm-hmm. and you know he's he's almost like okay I forgive you you know you get to live you know you get to <laughs> you get to make it out of here mm-hmm. well that is until she literally collapses nuts which that's 
all kind of fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally just right in his junk. He goes down. As he's down, she's like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to make this guy feel like such an asshole. She grabs the <laughs> grabs the funnel, grabs the centipede, shoves shoves it both in his, his keister, and mm-hmm. now he's got a centipede squirming in his guts. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. And, yeah, and he's like in agony. Like He's like screaming and kind of like, you know, twitching and squirming. Um... And he ends up... He had run out of bullets, so he, he now he has a knife. Switched a knife. And, yeah, and Which so he... painful. Like, yeah. he's going around slicing everybody's throat. That's that's not great. Yeah, so he ends up stabbing her to death and then leaves the warehouse, still clutching his stomach in agony. Mm. And then we just hear a car drive off, and then we cut to Martin back at work, watching the human centipede. As the and, kid's crying in the car. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, I wonder, like, you hear a baby cry, and I was like, is that the baby in the car? Is that, you know, memory from earlier when we had young Martin crying and and hearing his dad? So, is this, he just went right back to work after all this fell apart? Or was this all a dream? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, if it was all a dream, that would be way better than anything else that happened. Because you would think he would be arrested at this point, right? Yeah, you think he'd be arrested, or if he had that centipede inside him that, like, something bad would happen from that. Um, Jeez. What a a daydream. (laughs) Have a centipede shoved in your butt. Sorry. Uh, and yeah, th- so then it just cuts to credits, and we hear, like, you know, last time we had, like, uh, Lindsay cry for the first, like, 10 or 15 seconds of the credits. Mm-hmm. This time we hear that baby cry, like, two thirds of the way through the credits, like, almost the whole credits. It's just crying. It's mm-hmm. just, just making you just sit in that unpleasant feeling. Yeah. So that was a very unpleasant movie. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah it's something it's definitely a difficult watch um yeah i i uh, i know like i've been talking to people on some of you know some of our people on social media about this and it sounds like there's some of you all who are fans of this and some of you all who have like refused to watch it like i have all this these years Mm -hmm. um and I understand both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say if you've if you've avoided this one for this long, like I feel like Human Centipede One, I could see myself recommending that to like yes. like diehard horror fans. Like I'm not going to be recommending it, is... it to like my, my like normie friends, you know. Right. Like you you know the people who are into like the the dark stuff. Human Centipede like, Two, I. I don't know that I could recommend that one to no. anybody. No. <laughs> but like the first one's kind of classy to a weird degree, right? Mm-hmm. Especially now, now that I've seen the second one, it makes yeah. the first one uh, look, look a lot more tame in comparison. Uh, boy, I can't wait to see or <laughs> hear your feelings on the next one. Yeah. I don't want to hype it up or play it. You know, I don't want to make it seem worse than it is, but <laughs> I don't think you could, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's, yeah, and like, you know, again, I think the whole sort of like meta narrative of the the movie existing in this movie, I like that. I think that's kind of cool. Commenting on like horror fandom and like the way that that can like cause weird unhealthy obsessions in some people. I think that could have been done in a way uh, that was a little less 
unpleasant. Yeah. But I, at the same time, it's kind of like funny games, you know? Like, um, mm. I know Michael Haneke, is that the director? Um, he's talked about that, like, he's like he does not like violent movies he does he's not a horror director but like funny games is a really unpleasant horror movie and that's on purpose like he's like if you if you want to see this shit like you should have to live in that and and realize that it's a horrible unpleasant thing yeah you don't get the happy ending yeah and so i get that like i i get that like you know this this is the dark stuff and like we're not going to show you a sanitized version of it we're going to we're going to make it really dark and really unpleasant. Uh, you know, again, it does feel like it's gratuitous in points, you know, like the the thing with like the baby or like, I, I, you know, I'm going to use wire that, right? for the assault. See, like that, that kind of yeah. stuff, like that's beyond reality. That's just to make it as edgy as possible. Yeah. And that that feels a little or if that part feels unnecessary to me, like gratuitous above and beyond. But, you know, I, I get that that's that's what he's going for. Yeah, but also, if he if he just tamed himself a little bit, it, it would have been a much better movie. <laughs> yeah, and I feel I, I, I it seems like Tom Six is kind of a like that's his whole deal is that he wants to be edgy and antagonistic. Like, yeah. uh, I think he's kind of made a name for himself on social media as like just kind of like fucking with people like this. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, this definitely feels appropriate for for you for know him. what little I know of him. Yeah. We got anything else to say about it? I think that is well covered at this point. I think so as well. <laughs> so it's clear now that Hotel Transylvania is the palate cleanser. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I've so, never been more excited to watch the third movie in an Adam Sandler franchise as I am right, right now. <laughs> Holy crap. Come to think of it, is there any other like Adam Sandler trilogy or a series? Yeah, I don't... Like, most uh, of the stuff's one-offs, right? Yeah, one, maybe two of the... Yeah, for the most part. Hmm, yeah, okay. yeah. And, of course, it's Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. So, family picture. <laughs> yep, so, yep, next week we will get a, a welcome reprieve from the, the gruesome human centipede, and we'll we'll go back to the Hotel Transylvania. Right, That this is not Transformania, right? Or is it... No, Transformania is four, four. so okay. we'll have that to look forward to after right. the last human set of Eve. Amazing. Okay, <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope yeah. it's stupid. <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so we were so traumatized by the movie that we forgot to do our plugs here at the end. Uh, you all know the drill. Uh, if you want to find us on any of the socials, we're at the Frankencast. You can also email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. We're on YouTube. And most importantly, we're at patreon.com slash thefrankencast, where you can now join for a free seven-day trial. Check out, see what you've been missing, binge everything you want, uh, and then you know decide if you want to stick around or not. Uh, we'd love to have you. Well, uh, in that case, to be continued... <laughs> I was, I was hoping to... <clears throat>
verify that this was uh, the most unpleasant movie you've uh, seen for the Frankencast <laughs> so far. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. <laughs> All right, I guess let's get this party started. All right. In three, two, one. Let's jam.